Hey there, audio listener, producer Jake here. Dale recently sat down with a longtime friend and widely respected industry player for a packed conversation on the trends that will ultimately define the 2022 market. Now, this guest is a multiple-time Crystal Ball Award winner, member of the Mortgage Industry Top 100 list, and the founder and CEO of MBS Highway. While this conversation originally streamed live across Dale's social platforms, and you can still find it there, we decided to include it here on the Betting 1000 feed because the content is just that good and timely. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Let's kick it off. Well, hey guys, welcome to uh, time with uh, oh my gosh, my uh, my hero, <laughs> one of the guys I absolutely love and an industry icon. You all know him, Barry Habib. Uh, chance for Barry and I to sit down and just spitball a little bit about the marketplace and what's happening out there today, and what you need to be doing as a mortgage professional to respond to this marketplace and make the most of it. Because look, here's the deal: we know we're in a changing market, and we know there's a lot of things that can create concern and quote unquote fear. Uh, for loan officers specifically about rates rising and challenges with refis and some of the things going on in the purchase market. And I want to just encourage you, and I know Barry will too, during this time, this is not a time to be fearful. This is a time to be super excited. This is a very opportunistic marketplace for those loan officers and originators who know exactly how to approach as a true mortgage advisor with a true understanding of the marketplace in a purchase-heavy world where there's still plenty of refi opportunities if you know how to approach them. And that's what Barry and I are going to talk about. So Barry, always love spending time with you, my friend. Always love when we get to get together and and talk with uh, our friends in the industry and just kind of share ideas on what's happening. Barry, why don't you tell us what's what's happening from your perspective? Nobody knows the market better than you do. Tell, tell me what you're seeing with the Fed and what's going on out there. So, Dale, first of all, the feeling's mutual, and I love spending time with you, and you're a hero to me too, buddy. You do so much good out there and uh, love our friendship and love to be able to spend this time with you and uh, brainstorm with you as we always have done. It's uh, it's it's an honor to do so. Uh you mentioned the Fed, and that's going to be the theme for 2022 for what drives the marketplace. It's going to drive interest rate environment. It's going to drive stocks. It's going to drive the economy. They are going to play a really important role this year. And, you know, Dale, I've got some slides that might help us go through this. But first, let me start by explaining to most people that the Fed's actions to the vast majority of individuals are very counterintuitive. So what people don't understand, especially since it's been a long time since we've been in a rate environment where the Fed's hiking rates, is that when the Fed hikes rates, mortgage rates decline. I'll say it again. When the Fed hikes rates, mortgage rates decline because the Fed will then be perceived as getting inflation under control. And Dale, you and I have seen so many mortgage originators get confused upon this, but they don't really understand what drives interest rates. And yes, there are quite a few factors, but the underlying driver of interest rates is inflation because inflation makes the cost of goods and services go up. So if you're going to get a return, you'd like to get a return that contemplates that, okay, well, costs are gonna go up and I'm gonna be getting this fixed rate return for a long period of time. So it's just as if, okay, if, if Dale were out there and let's say Dale's a bank and he's lending out mortgage money, and I were someone who was going to obtain a mortgage from Dale, and Dale said, okay, Barry, you've got a mortgage, and I now start making payments to Dale every month for 2,000 bucks a month every month. Dale could take that check that says 2,000 bucks and go out and buy a shopping list of goods and services. 
and he gets the check next month. It's kind of like the same thing. He buys all the things on the list. Next month may be the same thing. But over time, what Dale recognizes is that that 2000 bucks a month, while the check still says 2000 doesn't buy everything on the list because inflation's making those costs go up. So I can't get everything anymore that I used to. So what's really happening is your buying power is eroding due to inflation over time. When inflation is very low, it doesn't erode very much. But as inflation accelerates, and if inflation were to accelerate, what would Dale do? He's very smart. He's going to say, well, I can't do anything about the mortgage I gave to Barry. But on future mortgages that I'm going to do to protect myself, what I have to do is I have to charge a higher rate. Why? Because that will give me more money, more cushion to offset the more rapid erosion in my buying power. So if we understand that, you probably know more than 99% of the mortgage population because if you were to ask them what drives interest rates, they're going to guess at a few wild things. But very few, like you guys, would understand that it's inflation. So Dale, I'm going to try to uh, just grab my screen here, my PowerPoint slides, and I'm going to share it. So Dale, as mentioned, the Fed's going to play a major role. And as we forecast out in 2022, uh, the makeup of the Fed will determine a lot. And it's going to change to a little bit more dovish makeup. There's 19 Fed members, 12 of them vote every year. So there's four that rotate in and out. The ones that are going to rotate in this year are a little more dovish than 2021s. Now the Fed, they should have hiked already, but Jerome Powell made a mistake. He thought it was transitory. But let's take a look at history because this can really help us determine what the Fed could do this year. So back when we go in the 70s, Arthur Burns, this guy, he looks kind of smug, he was the Fed chair, and he insisted that inflation was, believe it or not, the same word, transitory. So um, he made a mistake, and inflation really was rampant. It went from 7% up to 14%. I mean, and why is inflation such a big deal? It creates misery. Look, if you're a family and you're watching costs go up faster than income is going up, your standard of living is declining, and people just don't like that. So he remained steadfast. You know, He thought it was transient. And remember, we, we just learned, if inflation goes up, mortgage rates go up. So same thing, inflation went up from seven to 14. Guess what happened to mortgage rates? It was at 12, and back then was kind of a good good rate, but that went to 18%. So wow, from 12 to 18%. You know, Dale, you and I have been around, around long enough that we remember those days, right? <laughs> we do. Yeah, and then what happened was we had someone who has been called perhaps our greatest Fed chair, Paul Volcker, who had the courage to kill inflation. Now I had a chance, believe it or not, to spend some time with Paul Volcker. And what a fascinating guy. He took the Fed funds rate from 11 all the way up to 20%. Now, today, our Fed fund rate is between zero and a quarter of 1%. So it was already high at 11, but he took it up to 20. Now, by the way, you know, back today, they talk about a Fed rate hike, typically quarter point. He was hiking at like 1%, 2% a pop, okay? So uh, big, big jumps in the Fed funds rate. Um, and he was successful. He killed inflation. So why did he kill inflation? Because if we think about rates as mortgage rates. But the vast majority of stuff that's out there is consumer and business loans. They're all based on the Fed funds rate and the prime rate, which is based on the Fed funds rate. So when credit cards and car loans and business loans and personal loans and then one business acquiring another or, or, or companies borrowing money to grow and expand, when that starts costing so much more, they pull back and inflation dropped. Inflation went from 14% to five. And because inflation dropped, mortgage rates followed suit. They went from a crazy level of 18 to, again, what seemed like a good deal, comparatively speaking, 12 was like a little refi boom at 12%. So this was not without consequences. 
Stock market got hit badly because of the slowdown and we went into recession. Let's go 20 years after that. Alan Greenspan saw inflation go from one and three quarters to three and a half. He also saw inflation move up mortgage rates because remember, inflation goes up, mortgage rates go up. And mortgage rates went from seven to eight and a half. But unlike Burns, he said, oh, I better do this quickly. I don't wanna be another Arthur Burns and make that mistake. So he started taking action. He started to increase the Fed funds rate up, up, up from four and three quarters to six and a half. And he was successful. Inflation went from three and a half to one because inflation dropped. What happened? Mortgage rates dropped. So here you see inflation goes up, mortgage rates go up. Inflation goes down, mortgage rates went from eight and a half to five and a half. And Dale, we probably remember that sparked a huge refi boom in the late 90s. Well, he also had suffered consequences because the stock market got cut in half. And then by 2001, we went into a full-fledged recession. Now, Jerome Powell is today's Fed chair, and I also was able to spend some time with him. He thought that inflation was transitory, but he was wrong. It went from one and three quarters to 7%. That caused mortgage rates to rise, right? You know that mortgage rates have gone from like two and a half to up to three and three quarters last week. Inflation and interest rates could still rise. We don't think inflation peaks out to like March, and then it should calm down. Let's recap this. Arthur Burns sees inflation go from 7 to 14. Mortgage rates go way up from 12 to 18. Paul Volcker comes in. He says, hey, let's slow things down. Hike the Fed funds rate. The Fed hikes, hikes, hikes. Inflation drops. Because inflation drops, mortgage rates drop. So Fed hikes rates. The end result is mortgage rates decline. But the stock market gets hit and we get a recession. Alan Greenspan sees inflation go up. As a result, mortgage rates go up. So inflation goes up, mortgage rates go up. But then he hikes, hikes, hikes. Because he hikes, inflation goes down. Because inflation goes down, mortgage rates go down. The lesson here is the Fed hiking causes mortgage rates to drop. But he had consequences. Now, Jerome Powell has seen mortgage rates go from two and a half to three and three quarters. Presumably, he's going to hike rates this year. And I think he will. That should cause inflation to drop. And that should mean mortgage rates decline as inflation declines. But we could see a recession, Dale. And the recessions, well, I don't wish a recession, recessions are good for mortgage rates. And I believe that uh, this gives us a quick synopsis of what the Fed might do and what the results could be. So while the media is going to be talking about, well, your customers, well, the Fed's going to hike rates. That's really bad. Rates are going to go. Actually, you want the Fed to hike rates. That is a wild card deal. And that is the Fed has this enormous balance sheet with all these mortgages. If the Fed starts allowing that to run off, that could cause some volatility and could push mortgage rates a little bit higher. So the prognosis is, is that we probably will see the apex in mortgage rates around March. So maybe they go up a little bit from here, but then there is a good probability that we could start to see them level off, maybe move a little lower, and then towards the end of the year, or who knows, maybe the exact timing's hard deal, you know, but sometime in the not too distant future, we should see a refi opportunity. So don't pay upfront MI, don't pay points, don't be starved for the lowest rate. Take a little higher rate if you can get a lot lower fees because the break even is usually about five years. Well, Barry, thanks for that incredibly informative kind of layout. I think it helps a lot of people to understand a little bit better how this all kind of works and what the quid pro quo becomes. And let's now talk a little bit about that because from my perspective, and you and I have talked about this many times, I don't really care what rates do, whether they go up or down, to be honest with you anyway. Because at the end of the day, what I see and what you've seen, you know, we've trained so many originators over our careers. I, I know that I've trained over a million myself in the, you know, almost 30 years I've been doing this with all the companies I've worked with. And 
What I've seen time and time and time and time again is that no matter what the marketplace does, the loan officers who really succeed are those who don't place their focus on the interest rates anyway, whether they're going up or down. Um, you know, we saw two years of the lowest rates in U.S. history. We saw incredible volume both on refi and purchase because of that, specifically on the refi side of the house. That has created for a lot of loan officers a really great income for the last two years, but also some bad habits over the last two years that are creeping into 2022 as rates rise. So we, we believe, based on what you just said, Barry, you know, rates are going to go up. They're, they're potentially going to come back down. But we want to make sure that everybody watching this knows how to sell no matter what's happening in that marketplace and whether rates do end up staying up a little bit or come down a little bit and focus on the things that really matter. And here's what I really believe. With inflation being where it's at, with the economy being where it's at, with the concerns that consumers have today about all of, you know, all the Wall Street happenings that we see, all of the coronavirus issues we're still dealing with, all of these different challenges, I think the key to the consumer today is really two things. Number one, I want to be a homeowner. I don't want to be in a renter position. That's the basis of everything we do in the mortgage arena is providing the American dream. The second thing is they're more focused on what is my payment than any other single factor. We can talk rates all day long, but at the end of the day, it's the payment that matters. You talked about things like, you know, not adding PMI and those kind of things that can influence your uh, payment. But when you talk about things like refis, for example, in this marketplace, a lot of people are like, oh, refis are over. No, they're not over. They're just not rate and term anymore. What you got to be is more creative now to look at paying off debt so you can eliminate those high payments to replace with a much lower rate on a mortgage to create that leverage offset. So you're dropping two, three, four hundred dollars on a borrower's total payments when you do that. And what happens is you create the net effect of dropping interest rates like you did on a rate and term refi, where even though the rates are up a little bit, you're still saving them money on a monthly basis. You can reduce their terms on their debt. You can help them get out of debt sooner on their mortgage. You can provide them cash for the things that they want to have in today's marketplace because liquidity will be very important to consumers today. There's no question about it. We want to help them get there. The bottom line is, there's an incredible opportunity on the refi side if you know how to do cash out debt elimination. And the purchase market is predicted this year to be the highest purchase market in U.S. history. In fact, the NBA just forecasted that both 2022 and 2023 would both be record years for purchase. And we know that interest rates don't affect purchase really at all at the end of the day. I mean, we've been through markets, like you said, from 18% to 10% to 5% to 8% and everything in between. Purchases continue. People bought homes anyway because they're going to. It's a process of a loan originator going in today's marketplace with a confidence towards the market, looking at the opportunities of the market, making sure that they are positioning themselves for a strong purchase market this year, building those referral relationships they need, and when it comes to those refis, just thinking differently about it. Any thoughts on that, Barry? I know you could probably add a million things to what I just said to create more value on that. So on, on the, let's start with the refinance side. Um, so, so listen, obviously interest rates do play a role. Of course they do. You know, it's a, they're important to customers. And speaking as an advisor and yep. understanding the direction helps you with the strategy you're going to have, right? So we, we need to understand when there are going to be opportunities that are going to exist and what the driving factors are and being able to answer our customers' questions. On a refinance, you mentioned a cash out refinance, and that's really just kind of like like a football adage, take what the defense gives you. That's right. Right now, there is so much equity in homes. It's wise to take a look at those, those refinance opportunities that can be done via cash out. 
because as you mentioned, there's several hundreds of dollars that you can, and you mentioned two or three or four, we're seeing, you know, 1500 $2,000 because people have so much equity yeah. and they pull so much out. And now the other magical way to do this is that it's nice to have that extra cash, but in some cases, the borrower would be willing to make, it's almost the majority of cases, the borrower is comfortable with the payment. So this becomes found money. Yep. And instead of taking that money out, it's nice that it's at their disposal, but they potentially could blow it. What could be much more meaningful is that they accelerated their payments. Because a lot of times what you run into, Dale, and we've all seen it as with originators and when we originate ourselves, is the customer has an objection and they say, okay, well now I've got three years into the mortgage, I've got 27, I've got 26 years, of, now you, you wanna set me back to 30 years. And you know, the rate's higher than what I have and yeah. the costs that could be involved. So you've got a few obstacles to overcome there. Rather than play into those and try and you know debate those, if you take the found money and you accelerate the payment, even going from a lower rate to a higher rate, what you're able to do is save them a dramatic amount of years. We're seeing people with 27 years left on their loan winding up paying their mortgage off in less than 10 years. So they're saving 17 years worth of payments. But as you know, you don't have to wait 17 years to get the benefit. You're seeing it every single month. In the first five years, they've amortized an extra $120,000 in the first five years. Yep. So if they stay in the thing for the 10 years or nine years to pay it off, sure, they get all this extra money. And then it's like the best retirement plan in the world because now you paid off your mortgage 17 years earlier so that gives you 17 years, okay? I mean, you just think about that. That's, that's, you know, 204 months of not having to make that $4,000 or $5,000 a month payment. It's like the best retirement plan, plan in the world because you haven't done anything, you haven't changed anything. You're still making the same payments you're making now. On the purchase side, look, we wanna solve for where the issues and the problems are, and that's why as you said, the successful originators will be adaptive. You know, if, if we know that there's buyers that today are discouraged because, you know, they got their heart broken, I wanted to buy this home, show them what the cost of waiting would be. If there's buyers that are trying to evaluate whether they should bid over asking price, evaluate that for them so you could see where it is. If there's buyers that because of the competitive environment are saying, you know, I need more money, but I understand because when I take out a mortgage, the loan to value is predicated not always on the purchase price. It's the lower of purchase price or appraised value. If I'm bidding over asking price, there's a chance that my LTV is gonna be predicated on appraised value, which will come in less than that more. Maybe I need MI. So in these cases, Dale, as you've been teaching and we teach, don't go after the lowest rate. Instead of a rate of, let's just call it three and a half, take a rate of three and seven eighths on a $400,000 mortgage. That extra three eighths in rate gives you the most magical thing. It'll give you $6,000 on a $400,000 mortgage, give you $6,000 cash to use to maybe win the home, and it never has to be paid back. It's essentially free money. Now, the difference is the monthly payment's $85 a month. However, if you put yourself in a position where it creates a different break point on the MI, you wind up actually saving money getting $6,000 free money that never has to be paid back. So these are what advisors do in these markets. Yeah, great stuff, Barry. And I love it. You know, the one thing that we've always been absolutely lock, stock, and barrel in agreement on in the mortgage arena is this, that 
There, there are two common mistakes that we see that we, we don't want you as a loan originator or a loan advisor to make. And the first one is lowest rate does not dictate best deal in and of itself, ever. It, 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 it's not about the rate you're paying. It's how you configure the loan. It's the way you build the loan. It's the way you structure the loan. It's the way you help the borrower. There's so many other factors coming to that. So for all of you out there who kind of have this mindset, well, we have this really low rate market and I need to have these low rates. No, you don't. You can be very successful with higher rates. We've seen it for decades. We've been in the business. You just got to make sure you're building these loans the right way. And the second thing is, and man, I'm, I, you know, this is this to me is the most important element of a mortgage loan. And I know, Barry, it's near and dear to your heart is you should never extend a borrower's term on their existing mortgage. To me, that is a cardinal sin within the mortgage arena, unless you absolutely have to because they just can't afford it. They've got their back against the wall. They're in a tough situation. You're trying to help them get out of that. And even then, they might be better just staying in the position and working through it in those cases. Here's the bottom line. I, I, I use this verse a lot. Um, it's out of Romans 13, 8. It says this, Owe nothing to anybody except for your obligation to love one another. I love that verse. I've always loved that verse. That, it, you know, that's it, that's it, the life we all want to live. That's the life your customers want to live. Is you know we, we all become one of the seven dwarfs, or most people do in their life, meaning we owe, we owe, and off to work we go. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's the saying for a lot of consumers out there. We as mortgage advisors can help them to strategize with their current debt to lower their monthly payments and in doing so, not extend their terms, but actually reduce their terms to get them out of debt faster. And when you do that, to Barry's point, great point, you're building the best retirement plan on the planet for them. You're helping them solve a major issue. You're helping them get out of the burden of debt that they're dealing with. You're giving them a chance to actually live their golden years golden and an opportunity to actually enjoy their lives so much more. These are the things we've got to be committed to as mortgage originators. And, and an increase in the interest rates doesn't change those strategies and it doesn't change the opportunities to do that with your customers. It's all about providing the very best loan to your customers putting them in the best financial picture, helping them build liquidity while they're also building a payment they can afford and getting them out of that debt as fast as possible. Well, to underscore your point, Dale, you know, I've been quoted quite a few times by a saying that I've, I've always said is that the best rate on the wrong strategy is much more expensive than a competitive rate on the right game plan for your financial future with a mortgage because it's so important. Exactly right. You talked about, you, you talked about how people are in a position where, you know, maybe they want to get out of debt. Yeah, I think that that's great. That's comfortable for me. Now, sometimes debt can be a very useful tool. We understand that, of course. But the thing that I think is is one of the things people need to to get their arms around too is that when when you have um, when you have a mortgage that's you know an extended period of time people think that there's tax advantages that they have. And people used to take out a mortgage, well, I got a big tax write-off and this and that. The rules have changed so much that there's almost no tax benefit in many cases um, to having that mortgage. Um, and if you do, the benefits have been reduced quite a bit, especially if your income is at a little higher level. Yep. Yeah, when they when they doubled the standard deduction a couple of years back, it really changed that whole game. And for many uh, Americans today or homeowners, they're not even taking the, the, the long-form tax advantage of homeownership interest deduction. So this comes down to, I mean, all of this, I think, comes down to one central point that is really important that I want to I talk about for a minute, and it's this, okay? 
2020 and 2021, we had the winds at our at our backs when it came to the mortgage market with low rates, with a, with a high volume, with great opportunity. We're now in a different marketplace. Production was not an issue in 2020 or 2021. In 2022, your key is going to be to focus on conversion, converting more of your opportunities, more of your referrals, more of your leads into closed loans. Because the one thing that we do know is, particularly on the refi side, when rates go up, Consumers just don't have as much demand. They're not applying as heavily as they were when rates are at all-time historic lows. So your volume of leads and referrals generally is going to drop. When that happens, your focus has to shift from production to conversion. Now it's make the most of every opportunity you get your hands on. And what does that look like and what does that mean? Well, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this, Barry, but I'll give my thoughts real quick on what I think is the key to your conversion. It is spending more time with your borrowers to dig deeper into understanding their financial situation and picture, build a much stronger relationship and trust and loyalty with them so they want to work with you and then provide a much better solution. And MBS Highway and Barry has incredible, incredible tools that you can use as a loan uh, advisor to help them do that. If you're not already signed up at MBS Highway, you ought to be because that tool is critical in helping them do that. Here's the bottom line you got to slow yourself down in this marketplace. Quit rushing. Settle in with your borrowers. Get commitment from them. Get relationships with them. Do it right. Your conversion will go up exponentially. And even with that drop in leads or drop in referrals, you're going to more than make it up on the other side. And remember, with the purchase market being a, an absolute record purchase market, make sure you've got a good heavy mix of purchase in your transactions. If you were refi heavy in 2021 and purchase light, you wanna start making that shift right now and start getting a little bit more purchase heavy, a little bit more refi light, adjusting the way we're talking about, but really taking time with those with those borrowers. Barry, any thoughts on that? Well, I couldn't agree more with you. You know, you talked about the conversion, you know, we kind of call it batting average, you know, your, your conversion ratio. And what I mean by that is, and I think we're talking the same thing here, is conversation to application. Yep. That would constitute a conversion, right? So yep. the I think most people don't realize how low their conversion rates are. They think it much higher, but if they would actually map it, they would be stunned by how low most conversion rates are. But the way that we do it is exactly what you said, Dale. It's Many of the things that you mentioned, listening is really critical, okay? And I know we get all excited. We're salespeople and we want to sell. But if we try to do the Socratic method of teaching by asking questions, if we try to really see what is important to that customer and where their needs are and what are the hot buttons for them, you'll hear it if you just ask the questions. And then, as Dale said, listen, instead of rushing to try and sell, that'll come to be very, very easily uh, visible for you. Uh, I think that the main thing is what Dale also said, and that's trust. And how do we build trust? I've discovered that on that initial phone call, the two ways that I've seen trust built the most is one, by your wisdom and knowledge. And you, you have to be able to show that individual that's on the other end of the phone that you have that wisdom. And it's easy to say, but you know, you can't give what you don't have. You know, how much effort are you putting into understanding the financial markets and knowing how to handle these situations? This is this is what's going to separate so many people in this market that as we go into where it's not like shooting fish in a barrel, uh, this is going to either 
continue to see your business grow dramatically or to see a little bit more of a difficult time against those that are now going to infringe upon your business as they you know, try and transition from refis into purchase. The other way beside wisdom to build trust is with vulnerability. And vulnerability is hard for a lot of people. It sounds easy, but it's hard. You know, if you could show your customers, not just the positives, but metaphorically make it so that you're looking at them or the transaction, instead of being on the opposite side of the table, where it's like you're sitting on the same side of the table and looking at this and pointing out the pitfalls to them, as well as the benefits, they're gonna trust you a lot more. Make believe that that customer is your parent, your child, your best friend, and they were going to a mortgage somewhere else because you couldn't handle that transaction. And they got on the phone, they called you, said, okay, what should I watch out for? What's good about this? So be even handed and point out the potential pitfalls that could be there or the negatives. And I think by doing so, you win that trust much more rapidly. And I think as Dell beautifully pointed out, all those things together, increase conversion or like we say batting average pretty dramatically yeah and it's 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 both your conversion from the initial contact to the conversation and the application and then a second conversion from the application to a committed borrower who now is in your pipeline working and relationship is at the center of both of those and your advice is at the center of both of those and you know, Barry articulated it so well. I talk about this all the time. As mortgage advisors, our greatest tool is our education. That's what it is. It's how we educate our borrowers. And, you know, you could take the, the, the most hard, fast borrower on the planet who wants to beat you up over the lowest rates. And we've all had them. The guy who says, look, if you're not the lowest, I don't want to be interested. Well, I, I always laugh when somebody says that because, first off, when, when a borrower says to me, I'm looking for the lowest, I ask him a simple question. And the question is this, do you mean the lowest in the world? <laughs> they always go, uh, yeah. I go, do you know how many companies got the lowest in the world? They go, no. I go, I do. It's one. And there's over 6,000 lenders in the U.S. alone. So here's the bottom line. You got 5,000 plus more calls to make to find that guy because we don't know who that guy is. But here's what I can assure you. You may not find the lowest rate, but you can find the best loan if you find the best advisor. They'll help educate you into the right term with the right payment, with the right cash amount, with the right down payments, with the right benefits that helps you get that loan done. And that's what I want to prove to you that I am. And all I'm asking for is some time at, at no cost. It doesn't cost you anything for me to tell you what I can do for you. Give me enough time to understand your situation, put together an offer for you. And here's the bottom line. If you don't love it when I'm done, you're always welcome to talk to somebody else. Well, if you end up doing a great job with them and educating them better than anybody else and building that trust and that loyalty, they're not going to want to work with anybody else. Statistic I just read that came out, 92% of borrowers in 2022 will do business with either the first or second person they talk to. 92% statistically of borrowers buy from either the first or second person they talk to. So if you're the first one and you lay out this incredible relationship, give great advice, that second person's going to blow it. They're not going to be as good as you, and you're going to get the bounce back for that. If you're the second person who's done it and the first one didn't give the great advice, you're going to win that deal on the backside. Either way you win. It really comes down to education and advice at the end of the day. That's the game in a nutshell. It's not having the lowest rate. It's not turning the loan in seven days versus 15 days versus 24 days. Speed is 
obviously important in the purchase market, but only to get to the contract date. That's all you really need to focus on. You don't have to be the fastest in town in order to win the deal. The consumer could care less at the end of the day. As long as you meet their contract date, they're happy, and so is the realtor. So it's a process of really understanding that, that, that side of the business. I want to just share something, Dale, because I love what you said so much, and you're right on the speed. Yeah, but I want to just share something real quick with everyone. So uh, let's take a quick look here. Uh, what's your rate is a question we all get, right? So as I mentioned earlier, the best rate on the wrong strategy is a lot more expensive than competitive one on the right plan for your financial future. But if somebody were to ask me and had asked me, you know, what's your rate? I would say, well, it really depends. It depends on a lot of things. It's a good question. It depends on your eligibility. Are you qualified for the mortgage? Because I don't want to quote your rate you're not qualified for. And you may be overqualified for some of the products out there. And then each product has its own rate. So we have to think about that. The loan amount can affect your rate. The down payment can affect your rate. Cost, more cost, lower rate. Less cost, higher rate. But that could be a better option. The term of your loan affects the rate. And the most important one that my competition probably won't ever talk to you about is duration. The duration of the loan. Because if I quoted you five different products and you said, which is best for me? They can all be best for you depending on how long you keep that, which is why it's my job to help select what's best for you. So let's talk about these things first, and then we can quote a rate on the best program and product for you. And that's why I think it's so important to follow exactly what you said, Dale, and illustrating to people that if they ask you what your rate is, yes, you want to answer the question, you don't want to elude it. But you want to find out, just like you said, Dale, you got to spend time, slow down, go deeper and build that relationship, listen to them, find out their needs, just as you laid out. It's awesome. Well, Barry, I know we're about at the end of our time. Any, any final thoughts you have on this marketplace or any uh, additional words of wisdom? You, you, you've already given us about 10 drop-the-mic moments here. But oh, <laughs> any no, other so thoughts? Have you, so, so have you, but I think that when we look at this purchase environment, we've talked about refinances and how to keep your refinance going and, and make a meaningful difference for those. But on the purchase side of it, a lot of people are concerned if there's a housing bubble, we don't see that. We think the housing market's gonna be vibrant, but we also see the alternative to that, rents is continuing to go up. They went up 18% year over year in 2021. While we don't think it's gonna continue at that pace, it's reasonable to assume six to eight, 9% is where that range will be. But remember that you get hit for rental increases every year. There's a tremendous opportunity on the purchase side. We are forecasting for 2022, 8.5% appreciation. That means on a $500,000 home, that's 40, 45,000 bucks that you will see that home value increase. That's a lot of money to lose if you don't make that purchase. And then there's amortization when it comes to buying a home. Nobody thinks about that but you will gain tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands over time in amortization. It's that hidden gem that people don't talk about. I know you teach to go through that, Dale, and we try and emphasize that as well. And then of course, as not only will rents go up, but it's lifestyle too. Think about the freedoms that you have as a homeowner compared to renting. So that's an important part, but nobody discusses that with the with the client. So these are things that you should point out because people are getting discouraged. They've got their heart broken. Oh, I just lost out this deal. And they think maybe I'll rent, maybe I'll sit on the sidelines. It's our job to help them stay in the game, not so we could win, so they can win. Now we benefit, but we benefit because they win. Yep. 
Interesting statistic you just gave. Rents went up 18% and property values also went up 18% last year. So you either could have paid 18% more to gain nothing or you could have paid less and gained 18%. There's no comparison. And like I've said a million times, you know, you, you, you go to any fifth grade class in the nation, you're never going to meet a fifth grader who says, when I grow up, I want to be a renter. <laughs> that just ain't going to happen. Homeownership is the American dream. It, it, it is. It, because of all the reasons Barry just said. And if we can remember, as we're talking to our customers, that's what we, we dispense the American dream. We help people get into... Saving security and stability of home ownership. Stability being just as important of a word as security and savings. All of those are critical. That's what home ownership does. What, what a great industry to be in. We, we, we should be so grateful and thankful. You know, don't worry about the market and the shifts and the rates. There are There's the highest demand for, for purchases we've ever seen in U.S. history. We've got a ton of millennials out there still wanting to buy homes, and they're, they're willing to pay what they need to pay to get into those. They're not concerned about that half a percent jump in interest rates because they're making good money. They want to buy a home. They want to be a homeowner. We can help them do that. And if they're in a home right now, we can help them afford it um, better than they do today if we do it right and get them out of that debt quicker than anybody else, which is a great thing to do for anybody. I love what you said, Dallin. Listen, that's that sums up why people need to be enrolled in your coaching program. That, that sums up why people need to be following you and attached to you because... It's that type of advice that keeps people on a level plane, understanding that regardless of what the market conditions are, you just need to adapt and you'll do very, very well. So yes, sure, sometimes we get a nice tailwind, we'll take it, <laughs> but there's great opportunities when you have a headwind because if you are able to think about it as a pie and you were to say, okay, so market share shrinks, if I can grow my market share in a shrinking market, which you should be able to do, yep. then when it comes back and grows again, your share of the pie will give you exponential growth and it makes all the difference of the world. These are the opportunities. These were you plant your seeds for your future refinances. You have people that really need your expertise on the referral side because they're struggling more. And if you could provide those things, you grow your market share. And when the market does expand, you now grow exponentially, and that's all the difference. Yeah, and remember, in this kind of a marketplace, you, your competition starts to tighten. It goes away. You're going to see people that are exiting this marketplace because they don't know how to sell in this market. That's where your market share expands. So it, it is a great time to be in the mortgage industry, as always. Uh, Barry, great stuff, as always. It's always I just always love hanging out with you, my friend. If As I mentioned before, if you guys aren't part of MBS Highway, be part of MBS Highway. If you haven't bought Money in the Streets, go buy it. It's a great read, great book. It's fun to learn about Barry and, and his life and just some of the nuggets of wisdom he provides in there. And uh, hey, let's do this again soon, my friend. I always love getting together with you. Let's do it again soon. Thank you, Dale. Love you, brother. Thank love you, you too. so much. God bless you, and my shout friend. Out to, shout out to your amazing son, Jake, who does such a great job. Yes, he does. Coordinating it. You know, Jake has been behind the scenes, but he is a stud. He's a rock star. So just... Uh, Shout out to you, Jake. Yeah, and he's a rock star who's doing this while he's got COVID. The kid is, uh, he's relentless. He, he's, he's the most dedicated person I've ever known. Couldn't imagine where he gets that from. No, uh, not sure. <laughs> His mama, that's where he gets it from. <laughs> Love you, my friend. God bless. God bless you, too.
Thanks so much for listening to this bonus episode of Batting a Thousand featuring Dale Vermillion and Barry Habib. If you'd like to learn more about Barry or MBS Highway, just visit their team online at mbshighway.com or just type Barry Habib into Facebook or LinkedIn. They have tons of amazing tools to understand the conditions impacting the market, to run analyses for your clients and partners. They even have a dedicated program to become a certified mortgage advisor. So be sure to connect with their team and learn about all the ways they can help you earn more business, especially in 2022. As always, you can connect with Dale and our team at DaleMillion.com. In fact, we recently launched a completely new, fully on-demand online learning experience that is getting some really, really great reviews from our recent graduates, which we're super grateful for. So if you're looking for an edge up for yourself or your team, we'd love to help you find the right solution for your needs. Now, before we go, I just want to thank Barry and Dale for their kind comments. We do our very best here behind the scenes to bring you the best content in the most engaging way possible. So hopefully you feel we're hitting the mark, but if not, you can let us know at info at We'd love your feedback. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.